This sermon was recorded at Church of the Ascension, an Anglican parish in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, whose mission is to be a worshipping community that equips God's people and shares Christ's healing with a broken world. For more information, please visit ascensionpittsburgh.org. The Lord your God is in your midst, the Mighty One who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quieten you with his love. He will exult over you with singing. Zephaniah 317. Let's pray. On this day, Lord, we rejoice that by your incarnation, you have brought us and stepped into our lives and you have stepped into human history. Pour out that most excellent gift of love by the Holy Spirit given us that we might rejoice in the inheritance we have as your sons and daughters and in response love you and praise you forever. For we pray in Christ's name. Amen. We've been on a journey through the past several weeks of Advent, uh, and the prophets have been our guide. And they have repeatedly, in the daily offices and in Sunday lectionaries, spoken of the day of the Lord, a day of God's judgment, of reckoning, a day of uh, rectifying, a day of reconciling, and a day of restoring things to what God had always intended. And in that uh, journey, and hearing about the day of the Lord, the prophets can't help but to call for repentance. Now, repentance in its most basic form is turning around, and it happens when we turn our minds around and think aright about who God is and about who we are because of that. But it also is about turning around and walking into the purposes of God, not just thinking about it, but actually turning Godward and so they call us in this day of the Lord, this, this day of, of fear, to repentance. And then the prophet's pattern is always to show why would you even want to repent by casting a vision of hope. It's this that God holds out to you, a hope and a future and God's blessing. Because God longs to have us and God longs for us to have everything we need in him. And of all the prophets who speak of the day of the Lord, Isaiah, Daniel, Amos, Joel, and various others, no one does it quite so succinctly as Zephaniah. It's a very short book. It's only three chapters, and that's what was read this morning. At least the end of the book was read this morning. And Zephaniah does it with such concision that he shows that there are two sides to the same coin in the day of the Lord. There's the day of judgment, which leads to repentance. And the purpose of that repentance is the day of God's blessing. And it's all in the same day. And so just in, in one minute quick overview uh, of the book of Zephaniah, it's only three chapters, it starts with judgment called out on the people of God. And then a description of the day of the Lord, a day, as he describes it, uh, of wrath, of distress and anguish, of ruin and devastation, a, a day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and thick darkness. I don't know about you, but what I'm hearing, what he's seeing could well be Good Friday, when the sky blackened and there were earthquakes. 
the day of the Lord, the day when God knew that if he were to count our sins, who could abide? So he took it on himself in the Lord Jesus and died and descended to the dead and then rose again because it wasn't possible for death to keep him bound. And the end result, of course, is that we find new life. Well, Zephaniah not only tells us about the judgment on the people of God and the day of the Lord, but then he also notes that it's not just the people of God, it's the nations all around who will be judged. The whole world will be judged by God, right? And then he calls for repentance, and lo and behold, some of the people of God repent and become a remnant. And because of the way God blesses them, the nations begin to repent. And then we come to this, what was read today, this exquisite psalm of joy, where Zephaniah holds out, the reason why you want to repent is this. And it is filled with rejoicing. It is filled with God's blessing. And I want to look at it with you because it's only a couple of verses. But before I do, let me let, me let you know, let you in on what's been running through my mind. is a, is a story from my childhood. Um, it was a family tradition that uh, as Christmas season was beginning, there was a parade. So we'd all fill up the, the station wagon and go downtown. And we would watch the parade, and then we'd go have lunch at Horns. Now, if you're not from Pittsburgh, you know how old I am. We'd have lunch at Horns, which was a department store downtown, and then up to the eighth floor where the, where the toy department was. And here's all the kids, crowded. We get off the elevator. Mom's there with us. I've got aunts, my godmother, etc. There's a whole gaggle. And as soon as I got off the elevator, with all that commotion, I beeline. I took off. And I ran right into the toy department. And I was just caught by the dazzling toys, all the potential. Oh my goodness. And I'm scoping everything out, dreaming. And then all of a sudden, dread struck me about eight or ten minutes later when I realized I'm completely lost. I have no idea where my family is. And I was filled with remorse. And I'm like, what have I done? And I started to sob. And the attendant in the toy department looked over and said, are you all right? What's the matter? And I busted out sobbing. I don't know where my mom is. And so the attendant looks around the department. It's a, it was a big department and sees my mom and brothers and sisters are scoping out to try and figure out where I was, right? And she says, is, is that your mom? Yes. And she motions, and they all make their way to me. And the next thing I know, I'm, I'm being picked up. And I'm, I was just undone, right? I mean, it's the emotions of a four-year-old, right? And my mom says, it's okay. Don't worry, I'm here. I've got you. And she picks me up, and then she pulls out the big guns. And she starts to hum in my ear as she pulls me in. And I could feel a vibration and the warmth of her breath on my neck. And I can hear the ditty she's humming in my ear. She said, you're OK. I've got you. I'm here. That doesn't begin to explain 
or scratch the surface of the day of the Lord. But somehow, the emotional and psychological effect on a four-year-old starts to get out. That's what I've been hearing as I read this. Rejoice. The psychological and emotional effect on a four-year-old, this, this, to me, begins to scratch at it. The day of the Lord is much bigger than my greed and running off to look at toys. But hear what the prophet says. Sing aloud, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O Israel. Rejoice and exult with all your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. Son, son, I've got you. I'm here. Cheer up. goes on to say, the Lord has taken away your judgment against you and has turned away your enemies. Now, I know a lot. I didn't have the reflective capacity as a four-year-old to ask my mother what was going on in her, but I know what has happened in me, and I've seen it in others, that you start to say, when I find that kid, I am going to let him have it. Your judgment is taken away against you. And your enemies of alienation and lostness, and for the day of the Lord, sin and brokenness and devastation that has been wrought on the world by our selfishness. In Christ, the judgment against you has been turned away. And your enemies of the world, the flesh, and the devil have turned away from you. On that day, it shall be said to Jerusalem, do not fear, O Zion. Do not let your hands grow weak. Hey, I'm here. Don't be afraid. And then it comes to that crowning verse that melts my heart. The Lord your God is in your midst. The mighty one who will save. I'm here. I've got you. He will rejoice over you with gladness. I'm so glad I found you. He will quieten you with his love. Shh, it's okay. He will exalt over you with loud singing. That's the big guns. Oh my goodness. Not only do I deserve the day of the Lord and all its wrath, but you've turned it against and you've taken it yourself and now you pull me into yourself and tell me it's going to be okay, that I shouldn't fear, that you're right here, Lord. You quieten me with your love and exult over me with singing. Wow. What we're here to celebrate today is that in the incarnation, that has come to pass. He came to his own and his own received him not, but those who did receive him, who believed in his name, he has given the power to be sons and daughters of God. This picture from Zephaniah is a picture of a parent loving up on a child. And it becomes even more intimate when it comes to Jesus. He's given us the power to be sons and daughters of God. The word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have beheld his glory. Glory, the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. We celebrate today that the Lord our God is in our midst, mighty to save, rejoicing over us with gladness, quietness with his love. 
and exulting over us with singing. As we come to a close, I'd like to invite you, if you will, to a little um, imaginative prayer experience for just a moment. I want to invite you to quieten down as I ask a few questions for you to reflect on as we celebrate this day. If it's helpful, close your eyes or kneel or stare at the candles. Imagine in your mind's eye, if you will, you sit across from the Lord and he's looking at you. What's the look on his face as he looks at you? Imagine, if you will, as he's looking at you in the light of this verse, what's going through his mind? What is he thinking about you? And as he looks at you and he's thinking about you, what does he feel about you? Then imagine, if you will, as he's looking at you and thinking about you and feeling deeply for you. What's the song he sings over you? Maybe it's an old familiar one or one that no one else has ever heard. As he exalts over you, what is he singing? What we celebrate today is that God so loved the world that he sent his only son to the end that all who believe would not perish but have everlasting life with him. He didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Merry Christmas. <laughs>